I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not the taste, the consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. All right, lockdown is on. We're all sitting at home. We are bored out of our skulls. So why not have another episode here of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show? I'm your host, Bob Long, as always. Uh, on the other side of the glass, we, of course, has our good friend Ron Rigney down in Florida. Ron, how's it going? Doing good. Um, all except for, you know, the, the whole quarantine, the lockdown, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, but also, I've been having a uh, stare down with an alligator that I've lived that I've learned is living. Right, my life now. I forgot so been, about that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he was out in full force today. He was, I think, he was kind of taunting me. But you know what? The the thing that makes me feel pretty good about it is that he's on the other side of the lake. He hasn't ventured over here yet. So I think okay. I'm sending out the proper vibe. Oh yeah, yeah, you're doing good. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of alligators. No, actually, it has nothing to do with. It. On the other side of the speaking class. of speaking of the proper vibe. <laughs> the proper vibe. There you go. Uh-huh. It is almost NFL draft time. Um, sadly, we still have three full weeks um, before we get there. Um, it, it seems like it can never come quick enough, and especially this time of the year when we have nothing else to do. There's no sports. Uh, but on the other side, we have our good friend. We had him here last year. This man is the guru of the NFL draft prep, our good friend John Lobb. John, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. Now, I don't have alligators up here in Connecticut, but I do have some nasty skunks that I have to watch out for, and I'm afraid my dogs might get sprayed. So yeah, it's don't a do challenge that. That's rough. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> well, John, as you know, and everybody knows, especially if you've been on Twitter within the last two days, uh, the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide is out and is on uh, it's on the website, BigGuyFantasySports.com. Of course, you can get it there, and it is live on Amazon as well. Um, a few weeks ago, people were asking me, Bob, can you get this out sooner? You usually get it out May 1st, but, you know, this lockdown, we're bored. We need something to read, something to do. What can you do? Can you help our brother out here? And I said, you know what? I got this. And so I've been crunching for the last few weeks and got it out this week. And so it's out there. Um had a big, a lot of hype yesterday about it, some hype today, which is good. Uh, we'll get cranking on some more hype this week. But we'll talk more about the guy next week and everything that's in that. But this week, John, we want to focus on the NFL draft. It's coming up here in a few weeks. Um, everybody pretty set on Joe Burrow going number one to the Cincinnati Bengals, which makes tons of sense. Um, you know, we hope this is not another Achilles Smith. Uh, but... Um, ah! <laughs> Why don't you start off and let's let's start with Mr. Number One. Uh, he's from Athens, Ohio, which is also uh, where Ohio University is, where my two daughters both graduated, two of my three daughters graduated from. So he's the uh, now uh, pride of Athens, Ohio. Is Joe Burrow the number one pick? Is he going to be Carson Palmer? Is he going to be Achilles Smith? Somewhere in between? Something even better? What's your thoughts on the man, the legend, Joe Burrow? So I'm a huge Joe Burrow believer. Um, I watched numerous games because I play college fantasy football and I was into the LSU passing game. So I have a lot of thoughts on Justin Jefferson also. And Joe Burrow to me, I actually think he's underrated as far as a prospect is concerned. I think he's Carson Palmer with better wheels. 
He is a much better athlete than he is given credit for. His ability to avoid the pass rush is tremendous. But what makes him even special is he keeps his eyes downfield, much like Russell Wilson. When you see him avoiding the pass rush, he is not looking to run. He is looking to make a play deep down the field. Now, can he run and will he? Yes. When the opportunity is there, I've added what I call an escapability score to all of my quarterback analysis this season. I gave Joe Burrow an A minus. He is very, very good with his legs, but with his arms, that's what's going to make him the money. In my lifetime, I would say there are only two quarterbacks that I could put that Joe Burrow has his season was so good. That was Cam Newton winning the national championship at Auburn. And I would go back to Tim Tebow's sophomore year when he won the Heisman. But Florida did not win the national championship. Joe Burrow's season was so good the last year. Six foot three, 216 pounds. Look, he's got a high football IQ. He commands the huddle. What I like about him is LSU is running a complex offensive scheme with their receivers. Joe Burrow always found the open man. And he completed an astounding 76.3% of his passes. Hey, I'm old enough where I used to look at like Joe Namath, Steve Grogan, and they will complete like 48% of their passes. This young man completed 76% in college against the SEC over 50. Games. Wow. I have no question he's the number one prospect. He is just a tremendous, tremendous quarterback. All right. Well, let's continue with the quarterbacks. This was supposed to be the year for quarterbacks. If you didn't get one last year or, you know, within the last couple of years, you were supposed to wait till this year. There's a ton, not a ton, but there's definitely a lot of good ones that are probably going to go in the first round. But I'll let you give your, you know, ones in your order, not necessarily who, where they should go in the draft. We think Miami's going to go, you know, take one at number five, Chargers at six. Probably makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, there's certainly guys, you know, teams like the Jaguars, the, uh, you know, the, the Patriots, obviously. So a lot, of, a lot of potential for teams to tra- draft a quarterback. But tell me where your thoughts are on your next ones, two, three, four, five, and where you think they're going, and does it, you know, does it fit that system, and does it make sense for them? So I believe the next two quarterbacks will go off the board in the top five picks. Now, it might take a trade-up because we have the Chargers at number six, but I guarantee um, Tua Tungaviola, who's my number two quarterback prospect out of Alabama, Now, I could make an argument if he was 100% healthy, I might put him above Joe Burrow. But I have to to factor in that he's had both ankles have required surgery. He had a dislocated hip. Now, all the reports are positive, but that hip is a different injury than we're used to seeing. I've been trying to find past medical reports or players that had similar injuries, and I can't find one at the quarterback position. So there's a little bit of an unknown here. But as far as a football player and as far as a quarterback, Tua is as good as anyone I've seen if you take into the last 
two seasons. Bob, his numbers are off the freaking charts. His passing efficiency is 199.4 over 24 games. And remember, this is Nick Saban, who six years ago was pounding the football with Derrick Henry, right? (laughs) Right. They were running the ball. He came in. He has changed this offense. Tua has been unbelievable. His accuracy, his footwork, and his command of the pocket are extraordinary. I absolutely love him. He can put the ball anywhere that he wants to on the field. I had mentioned escapability score. I only gave Tua a B. What happened this year, because of the injuries, Alabama scaled back his ability to use his feet. But as far as commanding the pocket and getting away from the pass rush, Tua is as good as Burrow. But I think because of the injuries, you're not going to see him taken off like Robert Griffin or Lamar Jackson and picking up 40 yards gains on the ground. But I absolutely love him. Another great stat. He had an 87 to 11. That's correct. 87 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio. Wow. Absolutely. Miami should take him. Now, I think he needs a redshirt season. I personally, you mentioned Carson Palmer. I'm old enough to remember when Carson Palmer didn't play his rookie year. I think Tua would be better off sitting on the bench behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. My number three. Now, the Chargers, there's a lot of smoke out there. Who do the Chargers like? The Chargers don't like. I like Justin Herbert. Now, I think there's a schasm between Burrow and Tua and Herbert. But you know as much as I do. Supply and demand at the quarterback position (laughs) always elevates these prospects. See Daniel Jones. (laughs) See Daniel Jones, right? (laughs) I mean, Justin Herbert, 6'6", 237. Now, what's really amazing, if you have not watched Justin Herbert, and I stay up way too late watching Pac-12 football, and he's played for three seasons, four seasons, I'm sorry, for the Ducks. So I've seen this young man play football a lot. Now, he has some head-scratching moments. I, I understand that. But he also has some unbelievable plays that he makes. But he is so much better athletically than people give him credit for. His escapability score, I gave him a B plus. He is very, very good with his legs. Now, he's not Lamar Jackson, but Justin Herbert can escape the pressure. He keeps his eyes down the field, and he can gain chunks of yardage with his legs. All you have to do is go back and watch the Rose Bowl. He ended up scoring three rushing touchdowns against Wisconsin. He is very talented. Look it. His arm strength is there. He's an NFL quarterback. What I like most about him, I believe that he's scheme diverse. Justin Herbert, not only did he turn around Oregon, he played for three different head coaches and three different offensive coordinators. I believe that you can give this young man a lot on his plate in relatively early as a rookie, and he should be able to process the playbook and the information and be successful from an IQ standpoint on the football field. Now, those head-scratching moments can be concerning, and what I believe is Herbert is on a spectrum. 
Is he Blake Bortles or Carson Wentz? I think that's kind of the outcome for Justin Herbert. I believe that he's more towards Carson Wentz than he is Blake Bortles. But if you told me five years from now that Justin Herbert's in the same boat as Blake Bortles, I would not be surprised. But I don't see how San Diego lets that young man go by him. Now, I have heard rumors that Jordan loves San Diego, likes him more. I'm not sure if I believe that, but that's the rumors going out there. Now, my number four is not Jordan Love. I have Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is wildly, crazily underrated. His numbers are seriously silly. 56 career starts. Passing efficiency, 162.6. Completion percentage. People say he's inaccurate. Now, I have flashbacks of Dak Prescott. Everyone (laughs) said Dak Prescott was inaccurate. Do you know Jalen Hurts completed 65% of his passes? I don't care what your subjective analysis is of (laughs) of Jalen Hurts throwing the football. The numbers say that he completes 65% of his passes. I don't care if the ball's 10 yards out of bounds or one yard out of bounds. Still incomplete. The numbers say he completes passes. This is the most amazing thing. He throws the ball at 9.1 yards per attempt down the field. 9.1. That is awesome. Joe Burrow is 9.4. Jalen Hurts is 9.1. Look at his touchdown interception ratio, 80 to 20. What I love, he has played for Nick Saban, probably the greatest coach in college football history, and Lincoln Riley, the most innovative offensive mind in college football in the last decade. Absolutely love the athletic ability. I haven't even discussed his rushing. His escapability score is an A+. I think he's between Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. He's not as dynamic as Lamar Jackson, but I think he's more athletic than Dak Prescott. I think he's a tremendous asset. Huge fantasy upside. I mean, just off the charts fantasy upside. Then I have Jordan Love. He's my number five. He's been very challenging because it's a tale of two seasons with him. His junior year was, or two years ago was very, very strong. The entire roster turned over at Utah State. He had nine new players on offense. His numbers took a dramatic step backwards this year. So you've got to watch film two years ago and last year to understand the totality of Jordan Love. I see the physical upside. I understand the athletic ability. And there's going to be franchises that bet on that athletic ability. But there's a big floor here And to give you some ideas, his numbers are significantly lower than some of the others. His yards per attempt were were only 7.6. I'm looking for eight. So he doesn't hit my benchmark in yards per attempt, which means he's not throwing the ball consistently downfield. But that's also a product of the offense around him. But I gave him an escapability score of a B+. He's very good. I... I think four of them will go off the board in the first round, my friend. Okay, so you know what you said. We've got Burrow at one. We think two at five to Miami. Herbert yep. at six to the Chargers. Do you? Th- who do you think between Love and Hurt 
will go in the first round and who do you think they're going to. I'm looking at a mock draft on NFL.com that says Jordan Love, or Hurt is not going in the first round. Jordan Love is going to New England. Look, I think New England has to take a quarterback in this draft. Now, I know that I'm higher on Hurts than other analysts, and I would be surprised if he goes into the first round. But I have a first-round grade on him. But he could easily slip into the second round. Now, I think you have Pittsburgh needs a quarter. You can't rely on Ben Roethlisberger much longer. And we saw what happened to the team last year. So I think Pittsburgh's got to look at it. New England has to look for a quarterback or sign Cam Newton, right? But I think Pittsburgh doesn't have a first rounder, right? I know. So they might get lucky. Uh, I mean, so it would depend if Pittsburgh could get lucky and Jalen Hurts falls in the second Second round. round. Okay. Jacksonville. Now, I know some people, and I love the Gardner Minshew story also. Right. I'm not convinced Gardner Minshew is your answer at the quarterback position. I think Jacksonville's the sneaky quarterback team out there that's keeping everything silent. They have two picks. They have the number nine, and they have the number 20. Oh, right. Okay. I think so. I think someone will be on the board at 20, and they might, hey, if you really want to make a splash at Jacksonville, you could trade up into the top five maybe if you give up those two picks. Right. The Giants are sitting there, my friends. Giants don't need a quarterback. Right. You I, Someone might trade up and get that Giants fourth pick or the Lions. But, I, I mean, so I think four or five will go off in the okay. first round. Gotcha. All right, Ron, I'm going to let you ask questions about the running back position. All right, so – as I'm looking down the list here, um, you know, we kind of started with Joe, Joe Burrow just off the top here. So guy that I don't know a ton about, and that's kind of sad for me just because he's at the top of the list here, is Jonathan Taylor. I want to hear about how big of a game changer you think Jonathan Taylor is. I think he's tremendous, and I can't believe people are not talking about this young man enough. In my seven years, and I can go all the way back to Eddie George, Ohio State, and and Marcus Allen, but I'm only going to go back in the seven years which I've been publishing profiles for footballdiehards.com. Jonathan Taylor is the third best running back prospect in the last seven years. The only two runners who are better than him from a profile standpoint in my book are Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. Jonathan Taylor is simply amazing. When I do my running back analysis, I am looking at there's three kind of benchmark areas that I'm looking for. The first one is film. I have watched so much Wisconsin Badger football. Jonathan Taylor played there for the last three seasons. There is no question what a talented running back he is on film. Second one, his production model is off the charts. You know, two 2,000-yard seasons on the resume plus a 1,900-yard season on the resume. In three years, he has over 6,000 yards rushing. Unbelievable production. I mean, much better than Melvin Gordon. Much better than Monty Ball. Much better than Corey Clement. He is by far the best Badger running back prospect to enter the NFL. And I was a Melvin Gordon guy. Jonathan Taylor is a lot better than Melvin Gordon. Then the third step of the process. 
And I had him at number two pre-combine. Because when you watch Wisconsin football, you're always concerned about the athletic ability and the scheme and the tremendous blocking that the Badgers have. But what I realized is that it was an illusion. Jonathan Taylor had to be patient. The Badgers run complex offensive blocking schemes. The running back must be patient, follow the blocks, call, come, you know, make a cut off of the blocks, then explode. But you're never sure how that's going to translate in pure athletic ability. When he went to the combine, my friends, absolutely blew it out of the water. 4.3940 yard dash, wow. 7.013 cone drill, 4.2420 yard shuttle, 510. 226 pounds. This man has straight line speed, agility, burst, production, and I absolutely love him on film. I can't believe people aren't talking about him enough. Where do you think he's going to get drafted? And what team? So so I have a first-round grade on him. Right. So I don't think he's going to go in the top 15. I just don't think a team is going to find the value there. So then – you know, this is going to sound silly. Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Sharp Piney was a waste. We don't know about Chris Carson's injury. There's reports it looks like he's going to be healthy. We're not 100% sure. Or the Baltimore Ravens. Seattle and Baltimore, I think, sitting there at 27 and 28. I think that that young man is absolutely perfect for the schemes and the systems that Seattle and Baltimore run. I think he'll be a late first-round pick. All right, interesting enough, NFL.com's mock draft has him going 26th to the Miami Dolphins. Really? That yeah. You know, I, I wonder if Miami's going – yeah, that's interesting because I wonder if they might take – they might like the, DeAndre Swift. So, Especially I mean, since they have a pick at 18 as well, so they've yes. got two picks. But yes. they have them. So I, interesting they, enough, they have him going right before twenty-seven and twenty-eight, going to John, going to Miami, who took Jordan Howard. Um, and we're not saying Jordan Howard is a world beater, but it's definitely an upgrade over what they had. But yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah, that's the understatement. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, to keep things moving. And I know, and the reason I'm going to cut off running backs because again, we only really have one guy. I think you have maybe round one grade and somebody going the first round, Jonathan Taylor. There's some other good backs, DeAndre Swift and that. We'll come back to them, but I want to focus on what is supposed to be the highlight of this draft this year. And I want to make sure we have enough time for John to talk about this. And that is the wide receivers. I mean, they're, I mean I'm mean, i looking at this. There could be four or five, maybe six wide receivers going in the first round. A lot of great talent. John, give us your thoughts. Where do you have – who's your top three? Um, and where do you have them going? Um, and how many do you have in the first round grade? All right. So I, I'm trying – I want to make sure I have six first round grades. Okay. I don't think six will go. Because okay. there's an interesting, there's this, Bob, you nailed it. It is so loaded at wide right. receiver, right? So you might have teams who say, you know what? I don't have a big difference between my third and seventh wide receiver. I need a big defensive tackle. I need an offensive tackle in this class. Oh my God, the offensive tackles are tasty. I know. I'm hoping so the Browns just, get one. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm praying so for. Maybe te- yes. 
So maybe teams push back wide receivers. I think that might happen. But well, I have six. This mock draft six. has all has six going in the first round. We'll see if it's the same six. Yeah. So I have Jerry Judy is number one. Yep, I I am hash. I have hashtag Judy. Here's why. Absolutely the best route runner that I've seen in my seven years. Six one one ninety three. Would I like him to be two oh three? Of course. A little on the light side. He's better than Calvin Ridley as a prospect. Obviously not as good as Julio Jones. But I'll take, if you're telling me I'm landing a player between Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, taking him all day long, his route running is exceptional. Very high floor with a good ceiling. His ceiling isn't A.J. Green and Julio Jones, but it's darn high. All right, so Judy's my number one. Number two, and it's based on ceiling, is CeeDee Lamb. Right. 6'2", 198. At yep, times, yeah, CeeDee Lamb is unbelievable. But I have some questions, and I've seen a lot of big 12 wide receivers, and a lot of them fail. Now, I think he's a better prospect than Josh Doxson. I think he's a better prospect than Corey Coleman. But three, four years ago, everyone loved those guys, right? We see guys in the Big 12 fail all the time. Now, do I think CeeDee Lamb is going to? No, I do not. But it's within the realm of outcomes. I do think he's better than them. I think he's the best Sooners wide receiver in a long time. So I love CeeDee Lamb. My number three. And I'm a little bit more bullish than others. I love Justin Jefferson out okay. of LSU. I allude to now, do they have him in the first round there, my friend? They have him in the first round, but they have Ruggs third. Uh, they have Jefferson going, uh, where did I see him at? Uh, pick made- 25 to the Vikings. To the Vikings. Oh, okay. look, they need a wide receiver. That right. Look it. I at 6'1", 202 pounds. Boy, if Judy had that, just that little more, nine pounds, right? I mean, Jefferson has the six foot one, 210-pound body, but he's a fluid athlete, cunning, savvy, creative, deceptive route runner. I watch so much LSU football. Man, everything is incredible. His numbers are off the charts. 83% catch rate. Do you know he caught 111 passes last year wow. for 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns? Now, obviously, that's a product of playing with Joe Burrow throwing the football with you. But I think Justin Jefferson, he might be the number one guy you could put on the field from day one. He would excel as a rookie in the slot. Now, I think he can grow to be an X receiver. But if you want a kid to come in right away and play in the slot, Justin Jefferson's your guy, and he ran a 4-4-3 at LSU. My number four, now I'm still bullish on him. Some people are not as much. I still love T. Higgins coming out of Clemson. I understand the athletic ability isn't there after his pro day. We would have liked to seen a little bit more speed and burst. But. They were not terrible. They were good. He's also 6'4", 216 pounds. He's a competitive athlete and natural hands catcher. He is strong, and he runs two routes that might be as good as anyone in the game. He runs the out pattern and the hooks tremendously. T. Higgins is a my number four prospect. Now, he might okay. look good in a Phillies 
or an Eagles uniform. I mean, sorry, Minnesota or an Eagles right. uniform. He is tremendous. He's my number four. Now, the guy I have, and I don't know if NFL.com has him in the first round, but I have that grade. I love Denzel Mims out of Baylor. They do. Absolutely. I, I love him. 6'3", 207 pounds. Man, the size, length, speed, long strider, physical, body control, explosive strength, sticky hands. And his combine numbers were off the freaking charts, my friends. Everything, 40-yard dash, three-cone drill, 20-yard shuttle. Everything that I said about John Taylor, Denzel Mims did the same thing. Very good film work at Baylor. Loved it. Very good production. 2,000-yard seasons on the resume. And his athletic ability is off the, off the charts. Now, my number six, and I understand NFL teams are going to like him better than fantasy guys. It's Henry Ruggs, Alabama. I get it. The speed is great, 4.27. And he is physical. He's tough. He's a red zone threat, 5'11", 188 pounds. The the challenge that I have is one, and I know Bob's going to like this, he's wildly inconsistent. (laughs) He is not going to ever make Bob. Yeah, but he's really fast. That's why they have him going to the Raiders. That's oh my god! So, and, but he's going to like literally be one day four receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Right. Next week, two for four. Right? Like, yeah. No, I mean, wildly especially playing for the Raiders. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, yes. So, but I also understand he's a chess piece for an offensive coordinator. Right. He takes the top off the defense. The safeties have to account for him. But my spectrum. Is he John Ross or is he Deshaun Jackson? Right. And that's a very wide schasm to be over. And I think he could end up anywhere near, anywhere's on that spectrum. But the NFL is going to like rugs better than we do as fantasy owners. All right. So you, uh, you, your picks, the only one that didn't. So T. Higgins is not in this first round, but a guy yeah. named Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, yes. is going 31st to San Francisco. Um, so he takes T. Higgins' spot. So five out of your six are in the first round. Tell us what you know about Brandon. I do like Brandon. I, I have him at number eight. Okay. The, the reason why I – little compared to others, I like to look at the production model of four seasons. Now, if you don't know, he's a Juco transfer. Okay. Now, so part of the problem is you don't have a lot of – I don't have any film. I can't find it from Sierra College in California, okay? <laughs> right. I have to be honest. Was he productive at Sierra College? Absolutely. And then the year before, he played behind Nikhil Harry at the X position for the Sun Devils. So you're not going to get a lot of production. So the production model's a little bit down. But I understand it. Six foot, 205 pounds with a four five zero forty, with a very good catch percentage – Very high team aerial dominator. He had 37% of all the passing yards for Arizona State. He's a plug-and-play special teamers day one. You can design plays for him on jet sweeps. You can get the ball on him on quick screens, and he could take it 60 yards to the house. But in order to be in my top, like, five, I need a better production profile over a longer bit of time, but I still like him. I have him top eight. Gotcha. 
Excellent. All right. So let's uh, just, we don't have, at least in this draft, this mock draft, and I don't know if you have anybody graded first round, but real quick, uh, this year is not as big of a year for the tight ends like last year was with Hawkinson and Fox. But is there any tight end that, you know, you have graded at who's your number one tight end and where do you think he goes? What's his grade? So I was I was going to ask you're in Ohio, right, Bob? Yes, mm-hmm. Canton. So how far are you from Dayton? Uh, about about two and a half, three hours. Okay, so my number one guy is Adam Troutman. It took me a while to come around him. Now he's not a first round grade. I have right. a second round grade on him. Okay. I right. started hearing about him around November, but you know he he's playing at the FCS level, right? But mm-hmm. hey. Um, Dallas Goddard was out of there. We've had successful players. So I'm very open-minded. Took me some time to get some film, to watch some grainy stuff on him. <laughs> then I saw him at the Senior Bowl. And bam, he he proved that he could compete at the Senior Bowl. But when he went to the Combine, my friends, he almost had a Mike Giusecki day athletically at the Combine. People aren't talking about it. And I think it's because he played at the FCS level. But, man, if this young man had done these type of numbers in the 43-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle, and if he was from Alabama, they would be talking about him as a first-round draft pick. Athletically, he's there. There's no question in my mind. He showed us at the Senior Bowl in one-on-one matchups that he can compete with the better athletes who are at Division I football. I love him. Second-round grade on him. He's the only one, in my opinion, that maybe – now, I would not draft any tight end in the first two rounds of a dynasty draft. Right. Third round, I might think about Adam Troutman because the upside athletic ability is there. Right. Then we go into a bunch of guys Look, you know what? I have my grades, but I think we're going to – all this is going to be filtered through the NFL lens. Who do they like? Where's the draft capital? Bryson Hopkins, Purdue, my number two tight end. Albert Ogabunum is number three, the athletic upside. I think a team will take a splash on King Albert at 6'5", 258 with that straight line speed. Now, I was lucky enough. His freshman year, Missouri came to play Connecticut in Connecticut. He scored three touchdowns against us, against the Huskies, in the end zone where I have my seats. So I've <laughs> seen the kid lie for a long time. He was an early, he was an early breakout. Now, the, the quarterback position kind of fell off at Missouri. His production went down. I've read – I try not to read reports about what, what he does in practice because that can be subjective. Right. But his numbers are down no matter what we say. And the athletic ability is there. Then you get into like this Cole Komet, Notre Dame. He's going to be a better NFL tight end than fantasy tight end. Okay. I don't think, you know, he's a blocker. He's kind of like a, a Blake Jarwin. Yeah, 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 that's a great, that's that's what he is. And they like Notre Dame players. I right, always right. think they're overdrafted. <laughs> but, you know, he could have a six-year career as a nice NFL tight end. But he's not going to be a fantasy machine. He's not going to be a difference maker. And number five is Harrison Bryant out of Florida. If you want to gamble, I like Harrison Bryant a lot. He's got athletic ability. He's more of your H-back slot receiver type guy. He's not an inline blocker. 
but he could be special. Gotcha. All right. Well done as always, but let's let's take a look. I know Ron wants to talk about the Colts, even though they traded their first round pick. So Ron, wants you uh, get <laughs> any questions about the the Colts? Did they re- do the right thing with that trade? And who uh, who do you think that you like to see them get and get John's opinion? Well, of course they did. Our favorite teams always do the right thing when they make trades, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the right thing. Yeah. So. So outside of that first that first round pick, um, they, they pick thirty four and they pick forty four, and I've seen even in despite them you know being in the first round and then being out of the first round, they were always linked to a first round receiver in most of the mocks that I saw. It was either Jordan Love or it was either a receiver. And then that second round pick, either, you know, like I said, thirty four or forty four, I've seen both of those go on the way of the receiver. Um, two kind of two questions here. Number one, who are the guys that they can? maybe be looking at on the board there and which one you think is the best fit for them in Indy behind uh, T.Y. Hilton. So this is fascinating. Um, so I think they need to take a wide receiver and a quarterback. So that, that's kind of how I look at it. I think they would be. Now, the guy we haven't talked about, Jake Fromm, he's a very interesting prospect. The thing about Jake Fromm is he's not uber athletic. I think he's in the bucket of Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. I have a second round grade on him. I think he can come in and be a very good NFL quarterback. And he might be perfect to sit a year behind Phillip Rivers. I don't think Jake Fromm will ever be a superstar. I mean, his ceiling, if everything goes well, might be 28 touchdowns and 4,200 yards passing. But he's a very smart quarterback and I think the NFL will like him more than I do so I think there will be teams that grade from higher than Jalen Hurts but hey if Jalen Hurts or Jake Fromm are there for the Indianapolis Colts in the second round I think they have to consider one of those two now there's one receiver if you're willing to roll the dice LaVisca Chanel his he is a phenomenal playmaker out of the University of Colorado. The problem is he's got a lot of injuries. Some people have him as high as a third or fourth overall wide receiver, but I can't have him that high because of his injuries. I have him as my number nine wide receiver. I think LaVisca Chanel, if you're willing to roll the dice and be patient, he is a tremendous player, or Jalen Rager out of TCU. Again, another perfect second-round pick. So if the Colts could get either Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk, or LaVisca Chenault in the second round, they've hit a home run. And if they could get one of their two quarterbacks, that'd be simply amazing. All right, cool. All right, well, we've got about six minutes left, John. So we're, now we're going to move to the Cleveland Browns. Um, we, all know what it, we all know what a disaster that team was last year after the hype machine just ran right off the tracks. Um, so now we're looking pick 10 first round. We need obviously offensive linemen, which one does, do I want the Browns to pick? Not, not, you know, what, what do you think is the best guy? And do you think they can get him? I'm looking at the NFL mock. They've got Jedrick Wills. They have Mecky Buckton and Tristan Wirfs. All wonderful, easy names to pronounce. <laughs> which, which Now, I'm not going to tell you which one they think the Browns are going to get. I want you to tell me yeah. which one I want the Browns to get. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you who I have at number one. Okay. And the Browns would be ecstatic if he was there. All right. Mackay Beckton, Louisville. Okay. 
I would I have him as the number one tackle in this class. Okay. Six seven three sixty nine, and he has feet of a dancing bear. And I hate the simple analogy, but man, I watch too much college football. Louisville had a freshman named Javian Hawkins who had fifteen hundred yards rushing. Now, Louisville is not knocking the snots out of ACC opponents along the offensive line. You know why they got 1,500 yards rushing out of their <laughs> freshmen? Because of Mekhi Becton. Okay. I have him at number one, my friends. Yeah. I like him more than Jedrick Willis. A okay. lot more. Willis only played on the right side. I Look it. And if we know that a lot of top-level left tackles in college – they have to move over to the right side when they get into the NFL. I'm not sure Willis can play the left side. He didn't at Alabama. Now, part of it is Tua is left-handed. Ah, but, right. what, but left side, man, you're asking a kid to maybe move over there. If I'm, if I'm drafting a tackle in the top 10, he better play left tackle from day one. I have it Becton, Wirfs, and Willis. Willis. Okay. So they have – so tell me about Wirfs because that's who they have the Browns getting. They actually have Willis going to the Giants at number, what is it, th- four. Uh, Becton going eight to the uh, Cardinals. Wow. And then Wirfs going to the Browns at ten. Tell us about Wirfs. Look, any kid coming out of Iowa, you know they're so well coached, man. Right. And Iowa, they're, they play very – they're not as – like the Wisconsin Badgers are special – on the offensive line. But I was a close second. <laughs> I really love watching the Hawkeyes play football. They're right out of the 80s. 6'5", 322. A mean, nasty road grader. Sometimes to me, some of these Hawkeye kids transitioning to the passing game can be a challenge. But I'll say this. I think Wirfs can play from day one on the left side. And I know you're a Browns fan, right? right. They were a disaster. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. For Baker Mayfield. Right. You've got to get someone on that They got Jack side. Conklin, so now they needed this kid to kind of fill in the gap as well. Yeah. Hey, look at man. I, I, I was thinking about this as someone else. Man, if you have Jack Conklin and Makai Becton, holy Christ, dude. you got two <laughs> very large men. And give me Nick Chubb all day behind Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, I would say this. That's just my rating. Right. I think if the Browns get any one of those three, three. right, they're, okay. they're in great position. Okay, great. All right, we got about two and a half minutes left. So, John, any last minute uh, your favorite sleeper? Regardless, you know, let, let, we'll focus on the fantasy positions. There's somebody that you think will you have graded higher than most, um, and can you do? Can you ex- explain all that in less than a minute and a half? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tell you. No problem. I'll tell you my number one sleeper now. Okay. It's Darrington Evans running back out of Appalachian State. Ooh, He's a okay. slasher. Right. Five foot ten, 203 pounds. Very good pass catcher. Average six yards a carry. I know he played in the Sun Belt, but athletically a 4.41 at 203 pounds coming in the NFL. The young man can play. There's a guy the Colts could really use in the fourth round, but they got Naheem Hines. But you kind of get the idea. Right. He could come in and be a pass catcher day one. I like Darrington Evans, Appalachian State. Fantastic. All right. 
John, thank you again, as always. Uh, we could do this, I know, for hours, and I know you could because you never take a breath while you speak, so it's fantastic. Uh, um, but why don't you just kind of tell everybody where they can find all your stuff, things they could buy, sites to subscribe to to get all of your wonderful knowledge. Thank you, my friends. Please follow me on Twitter at GridironSkull91. I could not afford the A and the R when I um, signed up for the account. <laughs> So it's Gridiron Skull 91, and 91 refers to the year I earned my master's. Very I don't nice. tell many people that, but yeah, that's where that number came from. And then all of my written work, as I alluded to earlier, seventh year on footballdiehards.com. All the profiles are free. They're broken down by position. It obviously has a fantasy slant towards it because Football sure. Diehards is a fantasy website. So that's why I grade Jalen Hurts over Jake Fromm because the upside for fantasy is greater. But feel free, go ahead. All that stuff's free. And gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for having me on. Thank you. And Ron, I know you've you've barely shut up the whole time. So why don't you just tell everybody where you can be found and what's going on with you. I actually got in a solid nap during this. No, yeah, that's no, good. When, yeah. When, when we invite John Lobb, you sit and listen. That's all you want to do. That's want all talk, you want so. to do anyway. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're not so, working. Yeah, with baseball on hold, pretty much the, we got the Fantrax Dynasty pod still going on. We're still pro- profiling the minor league systems. Did the, did the Marlins uh, last week, so check that out wherever you get your podcast at, uh, or at Fantrax HQ. Beautiful. All right, as always, everybody, you can find me at Bob, Bob underscore Lung. John, thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you again very soon.